Thanks for checking out Coffee Pods, a coffee break length look into the Christian healing ministry. This season, we're chatting through how we can find hope when life hurts. So whether you're an Americano, a cappuccino, or a latte, there is something here for you. So pick up your coffee mug, plug yourself in, and let's go. Hey Wes, how are you doing? Yep, fine, Lisa. Ready for another Fantastic. one? Fantastic, excellent. Um, so, what are we talking about today, Wes? Well, as part of the healing life's hurts thing, there are lots of things in a sense that the church doesn't often talk about, and so yes. I wanted to try and pick some of them up in this because you know they're the things that we do need healing for. So today, I thought we'd talk about divorce. Okay. And, you know, I mean, yeah. And for those who've been involved in separation as well, that probably is the similar sort of thing, but I thought I'd p- we'd pick that one. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's a biggie at the moment, isn't it? I mean, we may have some folk here. You may be listening. You may be children of divorced parents. Uh, you may have experienced divorce yourself. Um, or maybe even it's on, on your mind as a consideration as well. Um, but where's, what would you say happens when relationships break up beyond repair, do you think? Well, do you know, I am so grateful that God responds a whole lot better than we often do as Christians and as church. And um, I think that ultimately, um, and, and not even ultimately, just out of his disposition, God is both understanding and gracious. So I think that, yes, he knows that things go askew. And, and let's face it, nobody, no bride walks down the aisle, no bridegroom stands at the head of the aisle thinking, well, if this doesn't work, we'll get a divorce. You know, like, yeah. well, if, well, if I don't like the new car I've got, I'll, I'll just change it. Everybody goes into it, uh, you know, and, and that's right that they do. Um, but actually, I think God understands, and even just reading in the scriptures, God, it's clear that God understands that stuff happens and, and it goes wrong. And so I think that God is gracious. I think he is understanding. And if I could put it this way, probably far more than we anticipate. Yeah. And I, I sometimes wonder whether if we've experienced that grace and understanding from him, whether we can then be like that with other people more so. So, because I mean, what I've learned out of you know many years in in working with people in pastoral ministry in, in in different churches is that we hurt as deeply as we trust yeah so you know it's an interesting story with peter when he denies jesus and jesus takes him back three times to say come on peter let's just you know because and there's a saying that grace is as deep as guilt and actually you know i think that we get hurt be- a lot because we trust a lot yeah and and destroyed because we've given everything into this sort of relationship so i think you know in a sense um it is a thing that the church does experience absolutely and and statistics will bear out and experience will bear out that actually you know as christians we can be subject to it as much as anybody else can absolutely yeah i think sometimes there might be a perception um 
that, that you know, we, we shouldn't experience divorce as Christians, but it does happen. Um, but so during divorce, um, or even maybe the, the before and after <laughs> math of divorce, what are some of the hurts do you think that we could experience? I mean, rejection's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, and, and of course, our, our experience of rejection goes right back to junior school when we were picking teams, do you know? And every, yeah. time I, every time I talk about this, I say, who is always last at the end? And do you know what? It seems that everybody was last. Oh, well, that's I've never, encouraging. I've, I've never met anybody who said, no, 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 I was always first, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but we've experienced that. We, so we, in, in a sense, it becomes part of the human experience. The problem with rejection and, and in a sense, that, that idea of being disposable, of, of being got rid of sort of mm. things in some way is also to do, I think, fundamentally with the act of betrayal. Um, okay. You know, somebody who has entrusted their life into somebody else's hands, who then at some point, for reasons that they can't necessarily work out, or maybe they can, but, you know, um, you know, almost life literally gets screwed up and thrown in the waste paper basket. So I think re rejection, um, betrayal, and of course, it's betrayal is something that Jesus um, experienced with Judas. Yeah. But actually, not just Judas. I have to say, the other eleven didn't look that great at the time. And can I say, had I been there, I probably would have acted like they did. Mm -hmm. um, but but so Jesus knew what betrayal was, and and it's absolutely staggering to me that Paul, in one Corinthians, when he talks about the communion service, he puts that in. He says, on the night that jesus was betrayed yeah you know knowing that was coming that probably the last thing on my mind but there you go <laughs> um so i think from that sort of thing you then have to say things like blame you know he said she said whose fault is mm -hmm. this um you know and and i think you know our <laughs> our knowledge of of of, of marital relationships even from genesis chapter three is that we pass the buck you know yeah the woman you gave me no no it was the serpent that you created so mm. but actually the 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 other thing that comes with that has been the the self-recrimination did mm. i do enough for this relationship um and and that's incredibly hard because whenever is enough enough and i you know i i, mm. I don't think i've ever worked that out but the other thing and you mentioned it i thought it was really really good that you did is that um children get caught up in this well i mean, yeah. had, had one parent say to me their little boy had come and, and and he was he was he was a challenging little kid but he was just a kid you know he was just doing life you know yeah brilliant but he was he was like you know six or seven and i remember she said he he came to her and said, Mummy, did daddy leave because I was so naughty? Oh. You know, and 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 children think that the marriage broke up because of them, because they, you know, because they didn't drink their milk or they didn't tidy their room. Mm -hmm. And actually can go on and on and on. Um, and I and I think in fact when we were in Vineyard, we did we did something for the children of divorce. Oh know? wow. And I thought, well, hardly anybody's gonna come out of the woodwork for that wrong mm. you know and so yeah there's a whole 
there's a whole thing within the blame and mm. the guilt and, and the sh in Christian circles, the shame, you know, yeah. if you ever go there, I mean, let alone after dealing with your own emotions, you've got to deal with all the emotions of the church afterwards as well. Yeah. But um, I have to say some churches are very good. So. That's true. And sometimes we probably put that shame on ourselves, and no one else is actually putting it there either. No, I think that's true. Yeah. That's true. I also think, there's a place for healing maybe for, for children of divorced parents. I mean, there's a lot of people in my age group, so I'm 30 for those who don't know me, um, in my age group who are quite sceptical of getting married um, because they're, ch they're children of divorced parents. They want to get married, but they've not seen positive examples of where it's gone well. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, Mary and I are very fortunate that my spiritual parents, our spiritual parents, mm. are, are well in there, coming up in 90s now, and they're still married. Oh, that's lovely. And it was a huge, it, I mean, Mary and I would say they were a huge um, example for us. And Paul and Ruth, if they ever get to listen to this, way to go. Um, but Mary and I, we've been married, this is our 47th year. Wow. You know? So, I, you know, I, I agree, some people are utterly sceptical because they're utterly hurt. Yeah. And I think as the church, we could do more to help that. We could talk about this mm -hmm. and say, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, could you talk a little bit about Malachi chapter <laughs> two? <laughs> oh, I thought you'd bring that one up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know, it's really interesting. I mean, uh, depending on which version you've got, um, God says, basically, I hate divorce. Mm. Um, or one of the other ver versions, forgive me, um, is about uh, this idea of, of um, look, when you get divorced, it's a hateful thing, and you can look at it that way. Yeah. But that verse has been used by um, some leaders and some church streams to say, God hates divorce, therefore you can't do it. And actually, I, I, I know of, of, of um, situations where wives because their church leader told them that went back into abusive relationships because yeah they weren't allowed to divorce and can i just say um that is wrong so you know if mm. you're in an, an abusive relationship like that you do not have to stay because of that there there are other there are other things that come into play um with that and and in fact the pharisees they come to jesus in matthew uh, 19 and they say is it lawful to you know, for a man to divorce his wife. And, and in the end, um, Jesus says, actually, from the beginning, it was not so. But they say, oh, Moses allowed us to, you know. Right. And he said, yeah, that's because your hearts were hard and stubborn and you weren't <laughs> listening to God, not just about divorce, but about everything. Mm. Um, and actually, in the end, Jesus says, yeah, that's the way that God intended it. Um, but I think the question, actually, that the Pharisees ask him is they're actually not asking about marriage. They're asking, what sort of Jew are you? Oh, I see. Yeah. And it actually it was the contest between two rabbinical schools, Shammah and Hillel. And oh. they're saying to Jesus, who do you side with? Do you sh side with Shammah, Rabbi Shammah, who was legalistic? You know, it says this to the letter. Therefore, you cannot you cannot skimp on a milligram of dill in your offerings. And uh, Rabbi Hillel, who was more about life and, and would have been guarded, regarded more liberal. So what they're saying to Jesus, are you a proper Jew, a strict Jew? Are you one of these liberal Jews? 
and and that's what the argument's about it's not really about marriage but that's the thing they pick up on and i think you know the issue for us is very much about um yes can i say that nobody likes divorce yeah i mean you know why pick on god and say god hates divorce? yeah he does that but the reason that the, the the text used to talk about it, you know, I hate divorce. Actually, it's God isn't saying um, that it, it therefore it shouldn't happen. Yeah. What he actually is talking about, he's talking about faithfulness. Bear in mind, for Israel, God is a covenant God, not a contract God. Yeah. And so God is saying, look, unfaithfulness breaks apart. I, I hate it so much because I would never do it to you. That's what mm. God is really saying. And so sort of coming out of that, you know, it's, it's a, that's how the Malachi thing has been used, in my opinion, you know, at times wrongly. It's quite interesting because it reminds me of, I, I, I honestly can't remember which event or podcast we were talking, um, but we're talking about the Ten Commandments and that you were saying that, it, you know, if you love God, then you won't want to do those things. Mm rather than rules and it kind of it feels from um, similar this that it, it's almost an encouragement that it's it's not god saying if you get divorced then that's it we can't have a relationship anymore and you're sinful it's almost sharing his heart of what he intends a, a relationship and marriage to be that's it you got it in one lisa and if I was a rabbi and you were my disciple, I'd say, <laughs> disciple Lisa, you have loosed the law. You've set the Yeah, law yeah. And I think that's something maybe it could be communicated better. But like you say, there are lots of churches, lots of people that, that do communicate that well and they do share that, that good news. But also, I suppose, so going off of Malachi now, are there any um, scriptures that you could refer us to as an encouragement with marriage? Yeah, there is. And, and before we go, I'd, I'd, I'd like to pray for folks for whom this is a situation, whether you've got, you know, to the final uh, decree nisi or whether you and decree absolute or whether you're separated or whether marriage just isn't going well at the moment you know, um, and, and every marriage goes through seasons, whatever, and some can be deeper than the others. But um, uh, whoever wrote Hebrews, um, and we're not told who wrote it, uh, wrote these words, honor the sanctity of marriage and keep your vows of purity to one another for God will judge the sex, sexual immorality in any form, whether single or married. It goes on to say, don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. Interesting, isn't it? About contentment with what you have, mm. even in, in, that, in that setting. It says, for you always have God's presence, but hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you alone, never. I will not loosen my grip on your life. So we can say with great confidence, I know that the Lord is for me. And I will never, never be afraid of what people may do to me. And that's from the Passion Translation. The NIV is very, very close as well. And so what I would say as an encouragement is um, I think I, I've talked to guys and, and you know, um, it's, it's in a sense, you know, I'm sure that it's possible um, for, for women, as well, women as well. But I've talked to guys and actually the fundamental thing about marriage when it goes wrong for some, it's, a, it's that they're not they haven't. They're not content with themselves. Right. They're, so they're not content with other people. 
Yeah. Know? And if and we should always go into marriage thinking about what what this is about what I give, not about what I get. And I know it's easy to say that. But I also think there are times when um you know when when marriages do come under pressure, what I would say is don't go it alone. Mm. You know, talk to people who you, you can trust because you're not the only ones experiencing a bit of pressure about marriage. I mean, put money, put kids, put physical tiredness and put running a house together and you are going to get some <laughs> place of conflict, you know, um, be between people. You are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're a bad husband and a bad wife. It just means like, at this moment, you know, that you had a flat tire and it was terrible. And yes, you could have a <laughs> steaming argument about yeah. anything. I mean, we've all known those moments when you, you've created an argument out of nothing. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It wouldn't even fit on a pinhead, but it seemed really <laughs> important at the time. So, you know, seeing the signs um, in marriage, investing time in, in, in you, both individually mm. and together is important. Mm. But what I would say is for those who have experienced this and, and, you know, as heartbreaking as it is, um, just hear this, that God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And in fact, when God is talking to um, Israel through Isaiah, he said, look, even though, you know, your parents might, you know, even everybody else might, I will never leave you or forsake you. And do you know what's wonderful about that, Lisa? It doesn't say I will never leave you or forsake you if you're a good person, a good Christian, if you if you live a life in the way that it actually God is saying, whereas I'm always going to be with you. Yeah. I'm never going to leave you. And when life sucks, I am never going to leave you. In fact, Mary and I, we were we had this little thing when we first got married and we decided that whenever we got to the place of arguing, one of the final statements that we would ever make to one another in the argument was this. I am never going to divorce you. So there, you know, <laughs> you take that how you want. <laughs> yeah. there, there you go. That's the thing. And so I, I just think as, as the church, we recognize marriage is a beautiful thing. We recognize that it goes through seasons when it can be a bit more difficult than it, it was, you know, when it's just you two on your own and there are no mm -hmm. nappies and there's no leaking taps and stuff. <laughs> you know, anybody can do marriage. It's when, you know, it's in November and the washing machine is broken down and you yeah. try and close everywhere. You think, oh, great. But yes, marriage does go through. But actually, the interesting thing for me is that marriage is also a reflection of the covenant relationship that God has with humanity. Yeah. And he makes promises to us and he keeps them. And I guess what I'd say to people is God's always going to, always going to keep his promises to you. Whatever yeah. has happened. And that's that. Yeah. Thanks Wes. That's a lovely thing or truth, not a thing to yeah. end on there. And um, just for anybody, just before you pray, Wes, I'd just say, if there's anybody here who, you know, this is a real struggle you know, we're going to pray for you now, but also do seek any professional support that you might need or require. Um, don't go it alone, I think, is the, the most important thing. So, Wes, will you, will you kindly pray now, please? Yeah, let's do that. Thank you. If, you, um, if you've, you're married, even if you're divorced, you, you might still have it on you, but you might have a wedding ring. You might have even just swapped the wedding, wedding ring over to your other hand, you know. Um, but just 
just just take hold of it in your hand. Just, you know, squeeze your fist together. Just hang on to that. Lord Jesus, thank you that you make promises to us that are unbreakable. And thank you that you have said you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. And Lord, I pray for all those who today have experienced, because they loved much, they have experienced the hurt of relationships that are broken down. And Lord, all I can ask is right now in this moment, as these words reach their ears, your love will reach their hearts mm. and you will speak those words, never leave and never forsake. My father, just for those for whom life is marriage is a little bit hard at the moment, Lord, I ask that you would kindle in them just a fresh vision of the person that they're with, that they're made in the image of God, and that you are with them both today. And I bless this marriage in the name and on behalf of Jesus, the promise keeper. Um. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Wes. It's been really good to chat again. Um, yep. and, and looking forward to next week. Yep. See you then. Wonderful. Catch you later. Yeah, bye. We hope that you found this week's episode of Coffee Pods helpful and inspirational. If you like what you're listening to, please give us a like and share. We'll catch you soon. <laughs>